I just come back from a 10-day vacation. It wasn't much of a vacation. Debbie and I flew out to Iowa, and when we, get to, when we got to Iowa, my dad asked me if I could build him a carport. And it didn't say nothing to me about this prior to getting there. He had a carport um, kit that he hadn't picked up yet, but he wanted it built off of his garage. And um, I told him, yeah, I could, I could build it. So I think I spent seven days getting that thing completed. And... Um, Came back two days later, so my wife, Debbie, she says, well, didn't he say anything to you on the phone when you talked to him a couple days before we left? And I said, not a word, not a peep, you know. I said I'd have hauled some of my tools there. It had been a lot easier because my dad's 89 years old. I love him to death, and, you know, he wants a carport. I'm going to do whatever I can to build that carport for him for the remaining years he has. Um, but when you go to his garage and you're looking for something, you just stand back and you look because everything's piled up, everything's hanging everywhere. So if you look for a caulking gun, you just, you just take each section of the wall and just slowly transition your eyes around. And when he goes in and looks on the bench after it's piled this deep, you know, finding drill bits and different drill bits and, and all those things if I'd have just had the stuff myself, I probably could have done the shed half, half the time, you know. But all in all, it turned out real good. He was very pleased with it, and I'm glad to bring some pleasure uh, to him while I was back there. Um, got back Sunday night, and um, my property manager sold a couple homes, so I've been working long hours all week trying to get these houses ready for rental. To say the least, 12-hour days when it comes to uh, Saturday morning, I, I was exhausted. I couldn't even, I spent all day yesterday trying to put a message together, and finally at 5 o'clock I just surrendered. I knew the topic, but I couldn't get nothing in my brain to run smoothly. So this morning at 3 o'clock, I put it together. I hope it ministers to you as it did, did to me. Um, but I'm tired. If I look tired, I am tired. Um, but it's not about me, it's about God's Word. And, and the Word, um, it builds the inner man. As we intake it and we believe it and we receive it by faith, the inner man is built up. So um, I'm so thankful it's not about me because um, it would be a, a failure. Um, Philip, I, I want to thank you for this, this morning's message. Um, one thing I got out of it that lines up with this message I'm giving today was in Genesis 3.1 about the serpent. A lot of times I don't think we give, we, do, we don't recognize the adversary that we're dealing with, Satan, how, how subtle he is. And, and, and that, that verse that Philip shared with us in Genesis 3.1, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. I found that interesting. More subtle than any beast of the field. And you know, you, you take this verse back here, Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The NIV changes the word. It says, I live by the faith in the Son of God. So it's subjective. It, it, it focuses on us, me. To where if you think that you're not walking the Christian walk, that you need to get moved over to where you're back in Christ, where, well, I'm going to go to church a little bit more, I'm going to read the Bible a little bit more, and that's going to put me in good favor with the Lord. But it's not about us. It's what Christ accomplished on the cross. That's why it says, I live by the faith of the Son of God, 
what Christ accomplished on the cross completed everything. His walk through his life, he never fell short in any area. And that's the faith that I live by of him. Because if it was about me, we would, we would never have any sure footing. We'd never be in, on solid ground. But because of Christ, we are on solid ground. So this morning, um, the title of my message is Defense of the Gospel. Let's go to Philippians 1, verse 12. And I was thinking about the defense of the gospel is that I don't like to think that we are on the defense but in this world, we are, because everything is working against us. Um, Satan is the god of this world. We're in this world, but he's doing everything he can against us to tr try to get us off the, wrong, off the wrong path. You know, Philip mentioned John 8, 43 through 44, where Jesus called the very religious leaders of that day, your father the devil. That's how deceived they were. And then the Numbers 28 verse where, where he used the um, continuity. Again, just, just a little word. Change the word his to it. And that's how Satan deals with. You know, in Genesis 2 that Philip talked about, you will surely not die. The little words. See, Satan's not going to come and change something in a major way. He's going to change it in a very subtle way to where you just overlook it. When I used to read the NIV, this Galatians 2.20, I never, I never realized it until I come into right division. And then I saw the King James where it says of, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. That, it's about Christ. It's not about me. And that's the subtlety of Satan. That's how so easily you can become beguiled. You know, that beguiled is a big word. But it, it, he, wants to, he wants to deceive you. And if he can just get you moved over a little bit, and then get you moved over a little bit more and moved over a little bit more. Now you're not standing in the completed work of what Christ accomplished on the cross. Because Christ accomplished it all on that cross. Every bit. Every bit. It is done. It is finished. When he said it is finished, it is finished. There is nothing we can do to add to that. Philippians 1, verse 12. Philippians 1, verse 12. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, under the glory and praise of God. But I would you should understand, brethren, that the times which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds and much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. I like, that. I like the way Paul said, he states, I am set for the defense of the gospel. You know, football just started. I don't know how many football fans we have in here. I used to be an avid football fan, TV watcher. Uh, I hardly watch it anymore. I'll maybe watch some of the playoffs or... Um, the Super Bowl, but I just don't have the, the love for the sport like I used to. But in football, you, you have the, the offense and you have the defense, and they, and they bend over and they say, set, 
Now, when those guys are bent over and they get in that set position, they have a goal that they have to do, whether they're on the offense or the defense. They have an objective understanding of what they need to do. Just like Paul did, he says, I am set for the defense of the gospel. He was set. He knew what needed to be done for the defense of the gospel. And, and as believers, I think we also need to recognize that. Many of us minister to people, and when we minister to people, we get rejection. I know when I go and talk to someone about right division or about our church beliefs, I'm, I'm waiting for the rejection because I know it's going to come. 99% of the time it comes, and maybe I'll get that 1% that will listen long enough. <coughs> Excuse me. And maybe put a plant a seed. And I'm hoping down the road that maybe what I ministered to them, that maybe they will respond. I know there was a guy that I ministered for over a year about Apostle Paul being our apostle. And after a year, one day he says, you know, Keith, maybe there is something to that Apostle Apostle. And then I started meeting with him with the Bible study and, um, and he believed in right division, come into understanding the dispensation of the grace of God. But you never know, but, some, but there's been many more that, was, that rejected me than embraced me. When I first come into right division, I thought, I, I went out and ministered to a lot of people and I, and I was shocked at the end of the day when I came home, how many rejected me? Every one of them. And I was thinking, what's going on here? This is what Christ accomplished on the cross. His sacrifice was not some little bitty dying. It was the Son of God that died upon that cross. You know, what, what, was, what was he supposed to have accomplished? But good news for us. And for people to reject it, 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 I don't know. And then I challenged myself, why am I embracing it and nobody else? So then I went and tried to disprove it, which I couldn't. It even solidified it that much more that Apostle Paul was my apostle. But I say all that, that the defense means anything that opposes an attack. So as believers, we have to be prepared. We have to know how that enemy works. We, we know that Satan beguiles. We know that he is more subtle than any beast of the field, deceptive. Um, and we need to be prepared, and we need to have a response for that. So when we get in the position as believers, set, we know exactly where we're going with that. Amen? Let's go to 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You know, I studied the King James Version for a number of years, and then I went to the NIV because I, I was told that the NIV was the easier read Bible. And then I come into right division, and I realize, you know what? I found all the inconsistency, inaccuracies. I didn't know, like Philip was saying, that every Bible that's printed has to, has to differ 10% for copyright laws. I didn't realize that. Now it makes sense because they have, you know, they have the, the teenager Bibles, they have the college Bibles, they have the infant Bibles, they have adult Bibles. They have, adult, uh, they have Bibles for work. They have Bibles for exercise. They've got every known Bible you can imagine. And every one of them 
is 10% different, you know. So you can imagine how far off they get. But it's a blessing to know that we have the inspired Word of God, that it's accurate. That when we read this, we know it's like sitting down before the face of God, face to face with God. What a, what a powerful, you know, what a powerful honor to know that God has preserved his word where we can sit down knowing when we read this, we are reading the very words of God. <coughs> Excuse me. We have the defense of the gospel, Apostle Paul, our apostle. Let's go to Romans 1.1. 1, 1. Defense of the gospel. Romans 1.1. 1, 1. Excuse me. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Notice he was separated unto the gospel of God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 1 1. I'm going to read a few of these introductions of, of Paul's epistles. 1 Corinthians 1 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. Here again we have Paul, uh, apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. Galatians 1.1. 1, 1. Galatians 1.1. 1, 1. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. I find it interesting when he says not of not of man, neither by man. Let's go to Acts, Acts 1. You know, when, when Judas killed himself, that left 11 apostles. Acts 1, verse 15. And we know that had to be 12 because there was 12 tribes of Israel. And each apostle represented a tribe. Um, hold your spot there in Acts 1. Let's go to Matthew 19 first. <clears throat> Got a tickle in my throat. <coughs> Matthew nineteen twenty eight. Matthew nineteen twenty eight. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory. He also shall sit upon 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So before the kingdom could come in, there had to be 12 apostles. Judas hung himself. Now they're down to 11. So let's go back to Acts 1.15. <coughs> Excuse me. Acts 1.15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of names together were about 120. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake concern, before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity and fallen headlong, he burst asunder in the midst of all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that the field is called in their proper tongue, Alkadama, that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric 
let another take. Wherefore, these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas by transcription fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matt Matthias, and he was numbered with eleven apostles. <coughs> Excuse me. So now they've got twelve. Now they know that the kingdom can come in. But what does that say about Apostle Paul? Where does he fit in? Because there's only 12 tribes. And we saw in Matthew 19 that there was 12, 12 um, tribes, one for each apostle. But now we got Apostle Paul. Some church, churches believe that they made the wrong choice. But they only picked two, and that was Joseph and Barsabas, and they had to meet a criteria from the time of John's baptism until the resurrection of Christ, where they could be a witness of that. I find that interesting because Paul said in Galatians 1.1, not of men, neither by man. man. It's interesting because he wasn't chosen by man like the lots were cast for Matthias. He was chosen by God on the road to Damascus. The risen Christ Jesus called to him, Saul. That's the last words that Jesus spoke was to Jesus. He had spoke to, to the kingdom people. He had talked talk to the apostles. But the last words that he spoke, it was the risen Christ Jesus that spoke to Apostle Paul. So the words that he spoke to Apostle Paul, most people say, well, I want the, I want the newest male of what Christ spoke, not the oldest male. I don't want what, what Jesus said in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I want what he spoke to Paul in Romans through Philemon on the road to Damascus. But you can't get Christian dumb to think that way. They want to go and they'll take the criteria of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and live by those rules, the law, rather than underneath of the dispensation of the grace of God that was given via Apostle Paul. 2 Timothy 1.1. And I'll expound a little bit more on that in a little bit. 2 Timothy 1.1 Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. The promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. And Titus 1, 1 through 3. Titus 1, 1 through 3. The defense of the gospel, Apostle Paul, our apostle. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, but hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is com committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. So we see Apostle Paul was not someone that self-elected self or self-appointed himself. He was appointed by Jesus Christ, God the Father Almighty, as an apostle. 
So we've got defense of the gospel, the inspired word of God. Defense of the gospel, the apostle Paul, our Paul, apostle Paul, our apostle. Now we've got defense of the gospel, apostle Paul to the Gentiles. Let's go to Romans eleven thirteen. Romans eleven thirteen. Romans eleven. Romans eleven thirteen. For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my own office. Now, some people may say, why is he talking about the Gentiles? Well, you only had two groups of people back in the day. When, when Abraham was called, and there was a covenant with Abraham, anybody outside that covenant was referred to a Gentile. Everybody inside that covenant, they had to be circumcised. They kept the commandments. They offered the, the holy days. But if you was outside that, God only made a covenant with that group of people. That was the nation of Israel. So if you was outside of that group of people, like when they were in, in Egypt, the Egyptians were Gentiles. They couldn't worship that God, God the Father, the God of all creation. They couldn't worship Israel's God. Why? Because God had only made a covenant with the nation of Israel. So all down, the only way they could worship God was if they approached Israel and said, we want to serve your God. And if they were male, they were circumcised, they kept the holy days, the commandments, and they were referred to as proselytes. So when Jesus came on the scene, he's still ministering to the nation of Israel because through the rise of the nation of Israel they were going to go minister to the Gentile nations around them but that didn't happen because they rejected they, they rejected Jesus as their Messiah and then the nation of Israel went in a state declined into a state of blindness and in the midst of that God rose up Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus saved him appointed him an, 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 an apostle and that's why here in Romans eleven thirteen, for I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. Because now Paul is ministering to the Gentiles. Because there is no nation of Israel at this time. All believers are referred to as Gentiles. The only way to get saved is through the dispensation of the grace of God. You can't go to the nation of Israel because they're stated on they're in a state of decline and blindness. Okay, let's go to Romans 15, 16. Romans 15, 16. Romans 15, 16. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Let's go to Ephesians 3, 8. Ephesians 3, 8. <clears throat> Ephesians 3.8 Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power. Again, Paul, it's, all, it's not about Paul, it's about what Christ accomplished on the cross. 1 Timothy 2.7 1 
1 Timothy 2.7. 1 Timothy 2.7. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. <coughs> Excuse me. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. In 2 Timothy 1.11. <coughs> Excuse me. 2 Timothy 1.11. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Defense of the gospel, Apostle Paul to the Gentiles. Defense of the gospel referred to my gospel. Many people believe my, gospel means Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I got some shattering news for you. That isn't, that isn't all that means. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospel there, refers to good news. Just like Paul's, my gospel is good news. What I find interesting is, in Romans through Philemon, gospel's mentioned 75 times. In Matthew through Luke, gospel's mentioned 15 times. Now, for the people that don't believe that we're underneath of the dispensation of the grace of God, I would think that that would, you know, say, oh, wow, gospel, good news. I want to go to the apostle that's speaking all that good news. You know, the 75 times versus the 15, but they won't. Romans 1.1, 1, 1. Romans 1.1. 1, 1. Romans 1.1, 1, 1. Paul, servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. And then Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And Romans 2.16, Romans 2.16, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Romans 16.25. Romans 16.25. Now to him that is a power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Notice Paul specifically says my gospel. So he's identifying that there's a different gospel out there. Well, there was a kingdom gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that gospel, that was good news to the nation of Israel. But Paul is speaking about a my gospel that is referring to a gospel that Christ gave him because he's an apostle made after, after Christ. He's, a, he's an appointed apostle. He's ministering to the Gentiles. And he's got a specific gospel. Because it says here in 1625, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. Well, if it was kept secret since the world began, only Paul knows about it. Only Paul was revealed. So it's not a past gospel. It's been revealed via Apostle Paul. Ephesians 6.19. Ephesians 6.19.
Ephesians 6.19, And for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. We see there's a mystery of the gospel. Now we have the defense of the gospel, right division. Go to 2 Timothy 2.15. Second Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And rightly dividing the word of truth is recognizing you have the nation of Israel's program and you have the body of Christ's program. I don't know where the chart went, but many of you know what the chart looks like. Apostle Paul is the minister, is an apostle to the body of Christ, where the nation of Israel was a prophecy program. It was all spoken of, all down through history, concerning what the prophets foretold was going was to take place. Defense of the gospel. Known unto us the mystery of his will. Let's go to Ephesians 1.9. Ephesians 1 9. <clears throat> Ephesians 1 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. I talk to a lot of people, and a lot of people want to know what the will of God is. And I tell them, well, you can know what the will of God is. The, the Word of God tells you in Ephesians 1 9. Because so many people in Christendom, and it's sad. They're trying to find that perfect dart of the center of God's will. And all through life, they're always trying to get to that point, the center of God's will. Well, right here in Ephesians 1.9, Having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. God is dealing with the nation of Israel. They're going to they're gonna inhabit the earth, the body of Christ, us, via the Apostle Paul's, my gospel message, is going to inherit the heaven, the heavenly government. We're going to be in the heavenly government. The nation of Israel is going to rule the earthly government. Ephesians 3.3. 3. Ephesians 3.3, 3, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote a foreign few words. Whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. And Ephesians 3.9, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. If you go to Acts... And I've shared this verse with people in the past, showing that there's two different Acts 3, verse 19. Acts 3, 19. And it's talking about the kingdom for the nation of Israel. Acts 3, 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, 
whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all of his holy prophets since the world began. Again, referring to the nation of Israel, since the world began. But in Romans 6.15, it's talking about which was kept secret since the world began. Those are two different programs. Some people see it, some people don't. Some people that do see it don't want to see it. We have a defense of the gospel, but now, Romans 3.21. Romans 3.21. It starts out, but now. So that, that, those two words, but now, refer to there's been a change in time. Because, but now... The righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Paul's making a statement. There is no difference now. Before, the law was a standard of righteousness. If you obey, I'm going to bless you. If you disobey, I'm going to curse you. But now, but now... There's a righteousness revealed from God, and it comes by faith that when you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, there's a state of righteousness that is credited to you. Man, what a plan of God. All about Him, not about us. In Romans 6.22, Romans 6.22 But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruits unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Romans 7, 6. Romans 7, 6. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve a newness of spirit, and now in the oldness of the letter. Romans 16, 26. Well, 16, 25, and 26. We read those earlier, but I want to read them one more time. Romans 16, 25. Now to him that has the power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. And by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Ephesians 2.13. Ephesians 2.13. Ephesians 2.13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Again, the but now. Ephesians 5.8. Ephesians 5.8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. And 2 Timothy 1.10. 2 Timothy 1.10.
Let's read the verse before that in verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world begun, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality light through the gospel. So we just read the verses on defense of the gospel, but now. Now we have defense of the, of the gospel, the dispensation of the grace of God. Let's go to Ephesians 3.2. Ephesians 3.2. I'll read verse 1 too. Ephesians 3.1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, how, by, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote in few words. And Colossians 1.25. Colossians 1.25. Colossians 1.25. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. I counted the words grace was used in Paul's epistles, Romans through Philemon. I counted 101 times, give or take one or two. The whole rest of the Bible is mentioned 66 times. I found that interesting that, you know, all the Old Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then Hebrews, 1st and 2nd Peter, and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and Revelation, 66 times, but 101 times in Paul's epistles in the dispensation of the grace of God. Grace, unmerited favor, undeserving. You know, that's the dispensation that we we're in right now, what Christ accomplished on the cross. It's all about grace. It's not about works, lest any man should boast. Another one has, I have is defense of the gospel, sealed with the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 1.13. Ephesians 1.13. In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. You know, when we get, as believers, when we get in that football set stance set, we can reflect on all of these. And I could go on, I could be here till 12 o'clock tonight, but sorry folks, I'm not going to be, it's not going to happen, you know. What's that? <laughs> so concerning the defense of the gospel, a few that I picked out, defense, the inspired word of God. Defense, Apostle Paul, our, our apostle. Defense, rightly dividing the word of God. Defense, Apostle Paul to the Gentiles. Defense, my gospel. Defense, right division. Defense, known unto us the mystery of his will. Defense, but now. Defense of the gospel. Since the world began, it kept secrets since the world began. They're different. Defense of the gospel, the dispensation of the grace of God. Defense, sealed by the Holy Spirit. And the defense of the gospel, our salvation. We, we have a... As Paul stated, 
And, and I don't think he could have said it any better. Set for the defense of the gospel. And I know we're set for the defense of the gospel. Just knowing that you're here, no, no, I know that you're set for the defense of the gospel. But when those days come where we feel overwhelmed, like I do right now, um, and I will next week and probably the week after, um, I set my bearings and say, you know what, nothing else really matters. There was a message I gave the last time I was here. Um, it doesn't really matter, so I, I really don't try not to stress the things, but, but I'm only human and I get to spin it on it. And then I realize, wait a minute, my bearing in Christ and I realize who I am in Christ and that not, nothing else matters about except about what Christ accomplished on that cross. And so through the daily activities of work demands, family demands, children demands, visiting demands, or just demands, period, um, knowing that we stand in the righteousness of Christ Jesus. It's not about us. And I, and I thank the Lord for that plan of salvation. Only he could have come up with that plan of, plan of salvation, the good news. And it is good news. It's good news to all of us. 101 times it was mentioned for good news. So I know we embrace it as good news. So let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for who you are. Father, we thank you for your plan of salvation. Father, we, we thank you, Father, that as, as Paul stated, that he is set for the defense of the gospel. Father, that we can also be in like-minded state of mind. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your gospel. We thank you for your message. We thank you for the sacrifice that Christ paid upon the cross. And Father, I thank you for the members of our congregation, for those listening via the internet. Father, we, I just pray that, that your word would continue to, to build in the inner man, in each and every one of us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.